Hey, we're starting a brand new series today called No Other Name. No Other Name. And a name is important. You guys all have a name today. If you didn't have a name today, that'd be weird. If you go places, if people don't know you, you're in an environment, maybe you're new, or maybe you, you work at a store or a restaurant, then a name tag can be very helpful. A name tag can be very, very helpful. I have a name. It'd be, it's nice that I have a name. You don't want to call me Hey Guy. I don't want to call you Hey Guy. I'm, I'm glad you have a name, but a name... A name is important. If I were to throw out some names today, you all would have an immediate reaction to some of the names. Oh, familiarity, I know that guy. Or, hey, that guy there, he, he's, he's famous for this. Or, man, that's a good name. Or, that's a, that's a bad name. Or, man, that name, I'm not so sure about that name. I could start with presidents from the very first president, go to the very last president, and you would have different emotions. It's funny, we've had so many presidents, and you could have different emotions from different from different presidents, or I could tell you, I could name a bank, the name of a bank, and you could say, oh, I hate that bank. They got the most charges out of all the banks. The bank I go to, I'm not going to say the name of the bank I go to because in case you work here, I don't, in case you own Bank of America, I don't want you to be mad at me. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I love Bank of America, but I, but I, I, the only reason why I like them is because I've been there for so long. And I love change, but I'm like, I can't change my bank. Like, why can't you change your bank, Wes? I don't know. I have a there's a thing there. I've had them for so long. I don't want to start over. I don't want to be at the bottom of the totem pole again in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the banking world. Like, they don't even know my name. But, like, I don't want to go to some new bank and be the guy at the bottom. I've, I've got a lot of years since 2099, 2000. I've been at the same bank. I feel, like, I feel proud about my bank. But, you have a, but I, I got mad at them a few years ago because I went to refinance my house, and they wouldn't help me refinance my house. Like, they wouldn't do it for free. I wanted it for free. You're like, Wes, that's what's wrong with this generation. You guys want stuff for free all the time. Uh, I just thought after 20 years, almost 20 years, I think they should be able to refinance my bank because I've got 65 letters in the mailbox saying they all do it for free. How can the people that know, that know me won't do it for me for at least a discounted fraction rate, but their name, can says, a name says a lot about a person. If I say the name Steve Jobs, you, would, you know that name. You would say, oh, man. How many of you guys have some sort of Apple product, some sort of Apple product? Yeah, you all do. Some of you guys just don't raise your hand because you just don't. But it's just we all. Most of you guys do, or you know someone who does, or you're affected by that. I have a I have an Apple uh, laptop, MacBook Pro. I've had it for a long time, and I love that MacBook Pro. And it came along. The, it started off with the iPhone three and iPhone four and iPhone five. I was with my friends at the beach this week, and he's like, "Let me see your phone." I said, "It's right here." He said, "That's a six. He goes, "He knows I'm a brand, and and I like new stuff." And he's like, "You don't have the seven yet?" I'm like, "No, you're judging me." <laughs> I don't have the seven. I'm like, I'm like, and then in my back of mind, I'm like, why don't I have the seven? People expect me to have the seven. Why don't I have the seven? And then I realize I don't have the seven. But now I realize, well, since I skipped the seven, the eight's coming. I'm going to get the eight when it comes out. You know, I've already justified it in my mind. But a name says something. If I say to some of you guys to the name, say the name um, Michael Jordan, you would say, oh, greatest basketball player ever, ever to live. There, that name has something. It, there's, a, there's a feeling or an emotion that goes with with that name, or maybe I use the word, uh, there's, a, there's a name that maybe some of you guys were affected by, but maybe some of you weren't, but indirectly we all were. But if I named the name Hitler, you would have an immediate reaction. And the reason why that happens is because a name always produces an identity. A name always produces an identity. Yesterday I was here and a lady says, um, I, uh, it's weird, people, some, you don't know this, I don't, I don't know how you got to this church, but some people come to Hope Church just because the name Hope sounds good. Like, that just sounds good. Like, why wouldn't you? Hope. <laughs> why wouldn't you go to a church? I was here yesterday, and a, and a mom pulled into uh, the parking lot, and she said, um, I'm looking for my daughter. I'm like, we've been closed for an hour and a half. 
And she, she was at the pool. I'm like, I know where the pool's at. And I saw people out there. So I took her back there, and she was picking up her daughter. And she's like, I've been wanting to come check out your church. She goes, I just like the name. I just like that name. I like the name Hope because a name always produces an identity. And when I, ask, when I say the phrase today, there's no other name than the name of Jesus, automatically you begin to identify. And the question I have for you today is how do you identify the name of Jesus? What do you associate with the name of Jesus? I love that song, No Other Name. I, I was listening to that song on the way here to church today. You're like, oh, that's what pastors listen to on the way to church. The songs that we're about to sing in two hours or three hours, I listened to that song and the words in that song said that the earth shakes and, 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 and the mountains tremble. And it's a solid love, love, love that song. And so I got out my, uh, my eye product um, and I typed in mountain shaking, earth trembling. And when you do that, you'll find the scripture will come up, Nahum chapter 1, verses 5. And the Bible says in Nahum chapter 1, verses 5, that there's only one name. The name Jesus can actually make the mountains quake or shake. Or move. And it's such a, I love the New Living Translation because it paints such a vivid picture. But the Bible says that the mountains, he can make the mountains shake. But the Bible also says that it actually can make the hills melt. You know, it's so funny about that is because God knew that, and I don't know why the writers wrote the way they wrote, but I know God breathed it into their mind. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all the scripture is inspired, it's complete, it's the inherent word of God. We believe that, we teach that, it's one of our beliefs here. But we believe that the Bible was breathed into man's mind and the heart, and they wrote it out the way God would have them write it out. But I love the picture there because God makes mountains shake, but because hills aren't as big as mountains, he just goes and melts them. <laughs> and that's something about our guy. Like he wanted to, like he could have said he could make the hills move because hills are a big deal. Like I live in, I live in Ocoee, but coming from Orlando to Ocoee, I, um, I don't like to run up the hill at my house. Like, but God's like, oh, hills are small for me. I go and I can melt those, but mountains I can actually make shape. I want to ask you the question today, and it's important today, is how do people identify your name? And while you're processing that, the reason why I ask you that question today is because I believe this, whatever you say about the name of Jesus will affect the way people see about you, or the way you see yourself. What you, the what you say about the name of Jesus, it, it directly correlates with the way you see yourself and what you see in your life and the way you connect. The way you connect with Jesus is the way that people will connect with you a little bit, it kind of it kind of it kind of rubs off. You 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 know me. I, I yesterday I um I, I ran with Stephen, and I had I told you guys a few weeks ago I got these I got these beats, um, these headphone beats, and I had to get them. The reason why I had to get them because I I thought it'd make me run faster. <laughs> and I had to get an Apple Watch too because if I got an Apple Watch too, I could go out and I could be wireless when I run because I need to be wireless when I run. And uh, so I got done with the race and I I got to the race and I ran a two mile, I ran a two mile race. I, I ran a two-mile race by myself and at 7 o'clock. And then at 7.30, I did a six-mile race with James, who plays guitar, and Stephen, who runs a lot of our tech, and Vanessa, who's in the back, and she runs. She, this is like a warm-up for her because she runs marathons, and which pretty much puts her at the top of the world. And so um, I ran uh, a two-mile, and then I ran a six-mile. But then I got to the end of the, the two-mile race, and Stephen goes, how are your headphones? He said, did that shave at least 30 seconds off your time? <laughs> I'm like, you're judging me. I'm like, I, I said at least 15 seconds, but potentially 30 seconds. Um, I was running that race. I'm, I, I ran that race yesterday, and um, I got in the car at sea, and we, we carpooled together. When I lived in Orlando, I never carpooled. But living, I live in Claremont, 
or live in Winter Garden, and I like in, in Okoe, I, I feel like I, I carpool everywhere. Like, like it's not any different, but like I carpool everywhere. I'm going to Winter, I'm going to Winter Garden to Winter Park. Like 20 minutes, I'm going to carpool. Um, but I got done with the race, and, um, and I said, Stephen, you need to run the two mile with me next year. And then the six mile. I said, because then if you run it, if you, I was like, because then if you run an eight mile race, then you're only five miles away from running a half marathon, which if you can run eight miles, then you can just push through the next five miles. And I'm there talking to Stephen about that, and, 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 I'm, and I'm saying, and I'm trying to figure out my mind as I'm telling Stephen this, I'm like, why am I pushing him to do extra? And the reason why I'm pushing him to do extra, the reason why I push myself to do extra, is because I'm a type A personality. That's the only reason why you'd run a two-mile and a six-mile, because everything with type A people, Debbie, is a competition. Why do I like, I, why do I like CrossFit so much? I haven't been in a whole week. So I don't have any fresh illustrations for you. I've missed it. I've been on vacation. But I like it because everything, with, it doesn't matter if it wasn't. I, everything's a competition. If I worked out in there, it would be a competition with a guy I don't even know next to me. Everything about me is, is, is a competition. I, I want to I dress well. I want to be sharp. I want all these things because that's like a type A person. It's always that drive to be a little bit better and to keep on going. And they're always a little bit extra. You ever know someone who's a little bit extra? <laughs> they're a type A personality. It's like always, everything is this extra, 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 extra. I find myself getting here earlier and earlier and earlier to here at the church. And if I beat Stephen, I'm like, I beat him. Like, it seems like it's not a race, bro. We're, we said we'd be here at 745. And I wait for you. Most places we go, I wait for you. But it's like I'm always, you know what I find sometimes? I find sometimes I find my identity in the fact that I'm a type A personality. I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm a type A personality. I got to keep on doing this. And I'm always extra, 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 extra. And because of that personality type, the way that I am, it affects my name. Because that, they're, they're directly connected. That's my personality type, and it's connected to my name. And, and the way I act when people see me, they say, oh, you're one of them. <laughs> you're one of those guys. And you know what I really want, the, what I really need, and what I should want? Because there's a big difference between what you need and what you want. Is I need my identity to not be in me and in what I do and what I like, I need my identity to be in the name of Jesus. Because there's no other name that I'd want to be identified with in the name of Jesus. I love the scripture says, and we're going to, Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says this, nor is there salvation in any other name. There's no other name under heaven given among men by which man must be saved. Like there's no other name that can actually save, save lives. Like, there's a lot of things you say about my name, but you can never say that only Wes's name can save me. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, Therefore God elevated him to the place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Jesus, God gave his son Jesus the name that's higher than any other names. In the time that I have remaining today, I want to look at two passages of Scripture with you really, really quick. Um, as quick as I can anyways. It may not be your definition of quick, but it's my definition of quick. And I like to win, so maybe my definition of quick is faster than your definition of quick. <laughs> Um, but I want to read this to you. I want to bring a couple points out, um, and then I want to talk to you guys about where we're headed over the next three weeks. John chapter 4, the Bible says this, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Type A personalities, they're like, hey, through Jesus himself didn't bap- though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did, so he left Judea and, and went to Galilee. They heard that he was, John the Baptist was baptizing more, and so he's, he's going to go to Galilee. 
He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus was tired from the long walk and sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Very, very familiar passage of scripture. I'm not going to preach it today. Um, I'm just going to tell you what it is. We've talked through this before as a, as a church in our year and a half of existence. Um, but the story of this lady um, and, and Jesus has this interaction. Jesus is on his way. He's tired. He stops at this well at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to the draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink of water. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone to the village to buy some food. He was hungry and thirsty. He was getting drink. A lady shows up. The guys were getting food. Uh, Samaritan woman, um, this would have been some of the lowest people. Jews would have never associated with a Samaritan woman, but Jesus runs into him. And the reason why Jesus points out that it was a Samaritan, because Jesus wants, you to, Jesus wants you and I to know that Jesus isn't afraid to interact with anybody. And no matter how deep your sin is, no matter how far away from God, it doesn't matter to Jesus. Jesus can interact with anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. The person least likely for Jesus to encounter, encounter with, Jesus is encountering them in this passage of Scripture. And you may think, I'm the least likely person for Jesus to ever encounter with, and you're a prime candidate for having an encounter with Jesus. And so in this passage of Scripture, she says, verse 9 says, The woman was surprised because the Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans, she said to Jesus. You are a Jew and I am Samaritan. Why are you asking me for water? Because when you're thirsty, you need water. Here's what he says in the verse 10. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift of God, if you only knew the gift of God that God has for you and who you were speaking to, you would be asking me for water and I would give you living water. In this, path, in this room today, and there's people in here that are thirsty. And when you're thirsty, you need water. When you're thirsty... You're like, man, am I supposed to write that down? I'm not sure. Is that a point? <laughs> when you're thirsty, you need water. When you're thirsty, you need water. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, another passage of scripture that we read just a few, a few weeks ago. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and he became very, very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If any of you, O Son of God, tell these stones to become, I'm sorry, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In this passage of scripture, the previous passage of scripture, the lady needed water. And when you're thirsty, you need water. And Jesus says to her, I am the living water. Like, you, if, you knew what you're, if you knew who you were in front of you, if you knew the person right in front of you, you would realize that I can do, for, I can do so much more for you than actually water can do for you. But she was thirsty, and she needed water, and he was thirsty, and she needed water, and he was asking her for water, and she's like, get, I, we don't, this is kind of a back and forth kind of thing, but reality is, is they both needed water. And Jesus says, I I can give you water, you'll never thirst again. The very next scripture, there's Jesus' encounter in, in John chapter 4. There's another Jesus' encounter in Matthew chapter 4. And Jesus has an encounter with the devil. And I'm not going to preach this um, the way that you would expect it to preach because it, it's, it's normal and I'm not very normal. And I, I, I preached it the way you would expect me to preach it last time I preached it. But in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus goes, Satan goes to Jesus and he says to him, Hey, turn this, these rocks into bread, like, because you're hungry. Like, he had just been fasting. The Bible says he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. And he came to it and had an encounter with, with, 
with, with, with uh, the devil. And he says to him, hey, hey, three times he tempts him. And every, all three times he says, no, 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 no. All three times, no, no, no. But I wrote down here today that when you're hungry, you need food. When you're thirsty, you need water. And when you're hungry, you have to have food. There's no way around that. There's no way around those two things. When you're hungry, you need food. And when you're, water, when you, when you're thirsty, you have to have water. Wes, what does that have to do with everything? And it has to do with everything. Because in this room in here today, we all have a, something inside of us that makes us want for more. Whether it's because you're a type A personality, that's not why. But whatever it is, and you have a thing that makes you want for more. In this room, everybody wants for more for something in this room here today. Everybody has that. One out of one people were born with an emptiness inside them that made them have a desire to want. I love what Ecclesiastes say, and some people say this is debatable, but th th there's, a, there's a hole inside of us that God put there on purpose because he wanted us to actually want him. And the desire to want, desire to want, desire to want, he wanted us to want him. So I want to give you two things today that I think are super paramount for you and I, for us as believers and say, because there's a lot of things I can say about the, no, about the name of Jesus. There's a lot of things I can say about the name of Jesus. I can't capture them all into the next four weeks. But because, I, I, but, but my, my wife, because she's nothing like me, she would say, you get up there, Wes, and you give them one point each week because you got four weeks. You got your four things ready? But because I'm a type A personality, I want to cram a bunch into each of all the weeks. And so I've met in the middle with me and with you. I've met in the middle between us, Di. And you were preaching earlier today, and you did a good job. Amen. She's like, that's right. Uh-huh. Between her and I, there's a middle ground. And there's, I, I came up with two today that I, that I think they, they, go, they go hand in hand together. They go simultaneously together. And it's this, number one. No other name will fill you when the world tries to spill you. No other name will fill you when the world tries to spill you. I wrote down this in here to say, the world will waste your life if you let it. The world will waste your life if you let it. The world will waste your life if you let it. And I don't want anyone in Winter Garden, I don't want anybody in this building to be wasted. I don't want anyone I come in contact with for their life to be wasted. Not one person. There's no other name that will fill you when the world tries to spill you. And that's what the world, the world is designed to spill you, to dump you over and to pour you out. That's why the, that's what the world wants to do to you. It wants, it wants, to, it wants to exhaust you. Some of you guys, it wants to exhaust you in the world of finances. The pursuit of the American dream. And I want you to think I'm, I'm a, um, a communist by no means, but the American dream today in 2017 is not the American dream that our, that our my grandparents fought for. The, the, that's different. That was, a, that was probably pretty pure back then, but the, 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 at the, the inflation, inflation has happened to the American dream. And what we want in 2017 is unlike anything that the, our, our, our forefathers ever fought for us, for us to have. Is stuff bad? Absolutely not. I want to go shopping right now. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Seriously. The world wants to get you so caught up in stuff, and things, and 
negative equity relationships and it wants to deplete you. Whether it's stuff or things or relationships, the world wants to, to spill you. The, no other name will fill you when the world tries to spill you. And I wrote down this second thing that I think you gotta get, that there's no other name that will sustain you as the devil tries to steal from you. There's no other name that will sustain you as the devil tries to steal from you. And, and my friends in here today, the devil wants to steal all that you are. He doesn't care about your stuff, by the way, just in case you're wondering. And you know what? Even one step further, Jesus doesn't care about your stuff. Both of them care about you. One wants to give you an abundant life, and one wants to steal from you. And it's funny to me, it's not funny to me, it's so sad that we could, that we could, it, it's, it's cause I know this goes back to my type A personality, like one is gonna benefit me so well, and I wanna run to that. One, it wants to steal from me and take from me and rob from me, and so I wanna stay far away from that. I'm trying to let you inside my brain. I know my brain is so weird and so different. But I told you guys a while ago, sometimes people look at me and say, man, Wes, you're, you have such great faith. And it's not that I have great faith. It's because I, I, I live a lot of time. In, I, I have just two places where I live at, stupidity and faith. And here's the problem with them is they look similar. <laughs> they look similar. I, was, I sat on the balcony with Scott this week. That sounds romantic. Our families were there too. And um, Scott said something to me. I, I, was, I, I loved it. I, it was, they, they invited us to go on, on vacation with them for four days. And I'm if like, stay longer. I'm like, we're bringing our twins. Like, I'm, I don't know if you know, if you know if you know what that's like, but it's not fun. There's nothing vacation related about twins. And so they got there, they went there Saturday, Sunday. We rolled in Monday night. We left Thursday morning. And um, I, I was packing up. And Scott's like, are you leaving? I'm like, bud, I'm leaving. I want to go home. I'm sick of these twins, and I'm taking them with me. Like, if you want to give us a vacation, let us keep the four, let you keep all four of them. We're gonna, let us go back by ourselves. I'll let you drive my red minivan, which you'll look great in. But Scott said to me, he said, Wes, um, he was talking to a friend of his. He goes, I, his friend was telling him, I didn't think this church was going to make it. I'm like, you quit being friends with them. It's, real, it's realistic. He's like, I didn't think the church, his friend was telling him, I didn't, I didn't think the church was going to make it. I thought it would make it about a year, and then it would close down. I said, awesome. And Scott said, he said, I, he, Scott was saying, he goes, I, you guys have surpassed all of what I thought it was going to be. I, I didn't know it was going to be like this, but it surpassed what, everything I thought it was going to be. And I said, Scott, you know, I don't have, because I'm type A personality, man, I'm like, I know I can't wait for us to double, you know, like, <laughs> I can't wait for the next, and, I, and the next, I'm talking about the next. He's like, slow down there, Skipper, you know, like, just relax. And Tyler was saying to me a few weeks ago, um, he's one of my friends, and we've been doing life with him for nine, ten years, and he said to me, um, did you ever think it was going to look like this? I said, I didn't know, I didn't know but now that it looks like this, I'm excited about what, what, God, what more God has for it. I'm just excited about that. What God has more, more for it. Because I believe in it, and I believe that God has so much more. And I, so I live in that sometimes, in that area of stupidity and faith, but sometimes also, I think sometimes because of my personality type, I just want to follow Jesus. It has nothing to do with that I want to be close to Jesus. I do. But I feel like one of these is a better option. And type of people, they always want the better option. This just, following Jesus is just better. Being, living, being in pure relationships, that's, le, that's less taxing than being in hectic relationships. Well, I want to choose that. 
having my finances to be healthy, I want to have healthy finances. Who doesn't want that? So I, I want to follow Jesus because I know that Jesus is the giver of all things. I want to follow that. You're, like, you're up there telling us that you're not spiritual, West, is what you're telling us. Fine. I want to follow Jesus because this is a better option. It's just a better option. And this lady in this story, she's like, let's see here. I could get water every single day. No one likes me. I've got multiple husbands. I'm exhausted. I'm relationally, I'm relationally depleted. I got nothing going for me. And you're telling me I can have water while I'll never ever thirst again? I'll take it. Because there's no other, the lady knew that there was no other name that could sustain her. She knew that. There's no other name that could fill her. As the world tries to push, she's like, I'll take that. That just makes sense. That was a logical. She didn't know what all she was getting with this living water. She had no clue. When you enter a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have no idea what all you're getting with relationship with Jesus Christ until down the road, further and further and further and further and further. I married Diana in 2005. She never led worship. For, and she, didn't lead, she wasn't a worship leader until 2008. And she'll tell you, she goes, I never thought I'd be on a stage leading worship with people. I never thought I would be doing that. And I'm like, why not? You're really good. And you're hot. Um, like, why wouldn't you, you know? What's wrong with me? Here's what I know. There's no other name that will fill you. There's no other name that will sustain you. Why did he fast? Why was Jesus fasting? You're like, oh, that's a, that was a curveball. <laughs> um, on your seat around you, if you didn't get one, it's okay. Because when you leave, you'll be able to get one. But there's a, there's a guide for our 21 days of fasting. And there's none on the front row because no one ever sits on the front row. So you guys definitely don't have one. <laughs> Here, Whitney, let me give you one, okay? Take a screenshot and give it to these guys. I want them, I want those three to have it. They need it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. When you leave today, listen, don't roll the type A person eyes. Like, I gotta get one right now. You know, that's what I would do. I'd get them I wouldn't help Whitney, because Whitney would have left and got all four of you guys one. You guys know her. She would have went and got all four of them. That would have been awkward, not for her, but for everybody else. And so when you leave today, there's plenty. We printed plenty, but I just put them on the seat so you can they can be close by. Um we're about to go into our 21 days of, of fasting and praying and devotion. And so you'll see that today on that, on that sheet that you got there in your hand that on, there's, a, there's three different columns. On one column, there's a date. And then in the next thing, there's something to pray for. In the next column, that's column two. And then in column three, there's a devotion because we're fasting and we're praying and fasting and we're devoting some time to God. We're doing that, okay? And so that's the... For those of you guys that are like, you're like, you don't even know what fasting is, but you're like, yeah, I can follow directions, then that's good enough. You landed it, you're perfect. So we, there's three different, you just go right from left to right. And here's the kicker. And our group leaders, I'm just launching this right now, so you guys roll with me. Here's what's gonna happen. Over the next 21 days, we're all gonna read the same scripture together for the next 21 days. Everyone's gonna do it. We're all gonna read together. And here's what'll happen. You'll, when you're, here's what I wanna ask you to do. Okay, this is, this, is for all, this is extra credit. When you're with people that you know in this community, talk about what you read in the scripture that day. Because we're all reading the same exact thing together. So I'll be in a group on uh, Thursday morning with, with, with seven or eight men, with Josh. And we'll be able to say, hey, what did you guys get from John chapter 6? What, what did you get from that? John chapter 5, what did, you, what did you get from that? John chapter 4, John chapter 3. Thursday night, my wife will be with a group of ladies. And she, hey, what do you do that? And two weeks from now, she'll be with another group of ladies. Hey, there's something, something you can have a conversation about because we want to have people close to Jesus, but we also want people talking about Jesus with each other in this community. 
Tonight I'll be with a bunch of high school students. There's a high school community group at my house. If you have a high school student, you got to bring them to my house. It's, only, it's week five. They can come. They can jump right in. There's only two more weeks of community groups. I'm super sad about them because I love being around people. Um, so that's, that's it. So we're, it's just that scripture. And there's praying. We're asking God to pray. We're all praying for the same exact one all these days. There's a Facebook group. You can get in that Facebook group. And on that Facebook group, I'll be going live and talking, having conversations inside that for those of you guys that may or may not be in a group. Because we want to be connected over this next 21 days. So, Wes, what does fasting do? Because I'm, I'm, I'm interested, okay? And so, in case you're wondering, I'm not exactly, I'm not 100% exactly sure all that I'm fasting. But here's what I know that I'm not, here's what I know that I'm taking out of my life for the next 21 days. Coffee. I like my three favorite C's of, up until six months ago. I just added a fourth one. But my, fee, my three favorite C's is Christ. That's number one. Community and relationships with people. The third one is coffee. And then six months ago, I added CrossFit to it. I, only God knew that. Only God knew that that would be. So I like those, those, four, C, those four, four C's. Those are my favorite four C's. And you're like, what about your family? It fits in community because they're, they're my community with them all the time. I can't even get away from those twins if I want to. So that's my, they're my, they're my, first, my first community is my family. Then it spreads well. Those are my four, those are my four favorite seeds. Like, this guy is on it. So like, I I walked into Dunkin' Donuts. I really contemplated stopping the coffee today. I'm like, I'm gonna get a head start. I got this. I'm gonna do this. And then I mean, that coffee hit my nose. I'm like, I can't. You know, I bought two dozen donuts, which I didn't have any. Yet. I didn't have any of those. But I, I was like, I'm gonna get a small cup of coffee. I'm just get a small one. And um, but I'm giving that up. And I I'm just I, I, and I'm I'm prepared for this. So I kind of know. I've kind of been thinking about what I'm going to take out of my life. Here's what fasting does, two things. Fasting draws you closer to Jesus. That's what fasting does. It's, I'm going to take something out that the, the world will try to split. I'm going to take something out, and I'm going to spend more time with God in place of. And at the end of that journey, what you'll see is that you have moved closer to Jesus. Fasting is a way that we can move closer to Jesus. We move closer to Jesus by fasting. Um, and, and, here's, and here's where we're going to land. Here's the second thing. In that story, the, the last story, Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is coming from a 40-day fast. And I wondered, I, I was looking at the scripture and I'm like, why was he fasting? Obviously, he wanted to be closer to his father. Now that I've read the whole book, I get, I get from front to back, I get he wanted to be close to his father. That's, that's why he wanted to be close to Jesus. So he, he was just spending time with his, with his dad. Jesus was spending time with his dad. That's, he was fasting for 40 days. That's a long time. You're like, man, Wes let us off the hook easy. He's only, he's only asking us to go 21 days. For some of you guys, it may be social media. It would be great for you and everyone around you for you to maybe take a break from social media for 21 days. That may be your thing. For some people in here today, it may be that you, you're going to fast. Uh, uh, Daniel, there's Daniel's fast, and Daniel told the king, goes, I'm not going to drink uh, the king's wine and nor the king's meat. So he lived off fruit and vegetables for 21 days. And at the end of it, he, he was in shape and he looked good. And he was just in good shape as all the other guys that were in the army. So that was his thing. He goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut that out. So he said, so him and his two buddies, they went, they went uh, no meat and, and, and no bread. They just ate from the ground, fruit and vegetables and water. And I'm taking out, I'm doing all caffeine. It was coffee and caffeine. You're like, man, what's what's going to look like off caffeine? Scary. <laughs> I'm not going to want to hang out with anyone for 21 days, but um, I'm going to be hangry all the time. Um, but so I'm asking myself the question. So that may be your, you can, you can Google Daniel's fa Daniel fast and you can see what all he did. Some of you guys, you, you can go on a, on, a, on a juice fast where you just, you can do, I had a buddy of mine, he just did juice. He just juice for 21 days, fruit juice for 21 days. 
And so I'm not going to tell you what all you need to do. Because one thing about the fasting thing is like it's, it's, it's a between you and God kind of thing. You're not supposed to boast about it. It's about you drawing close. But there's something about it when we, we go together and we're, we're doing it together. So I'm not telling you what you're taking out. You don't got to say about what you're taking out. You just That's between you and God. You take it out and whatever it is. Maybe it's sweets. Sweets. You can't take sweets out because you're married to me. You're stuck with sweets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Here's why Jesus was fasting, though. Here's why I think he was fasting. <laughs> that was funny, wasn't it? I was looking at my father-in-law. It's funny when you talk about your, 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 your wife in front of her dad. It's just funny to me. <laughs> I said a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have said to my father-in-law. But nonetheless, fasting will prepare you for the wilderness. Hey, Christians in here today, it shouldn't freak you out when things go crazy around you. Because the Bible tells Christians, things will go nuts around you. They'll go, things will go crazy. Like you won't be able to figure it all out, but it'll go crazy around you. The Bible says, prepare yourself. The Apostle Paul actually says, count it a joy and you fall into diverse times or crazy times. It's going to happen. If you're following Jesus, then Satan's right behind Jesus. Or if you're following Jesus, Satan's right behind you trying to grab your ankles and trip you up so you fall and so you, you mess up. That's what Satan's trying to do. If you're not following Jesus, if you're not pursuing Jesus, then he doesn't have to grab you because he already has you. He didn't have to follow you because you're already with him. He didn't have to do that. So it shouldn't blow like, oh my goodness, I didn't even know that was going to happen. I fell into it. If you're following Jesus, the wilderness is always coming. The wilderness always comes. I don't wish it upon anybody, but the wilderness always comes. And fasting was preparing Jesus for the wilderness. And think about it, friends, in here today. If Jesus had to prepare for the wilderness, come on, wouldn't it make sense for you and I to prepare for the wilderness? Because when you get to the wilderness, it's always too late to prepare once you're already in the wilderness. It's always too late to prepare once you're already in the wilderness. The wilderness hits us sometimes, and this is what we look like. We're just like, ah, <laughs> we're just screaming, and we're running around. That, you're like, that's not what it looks like. That's what you look like. That's what I look like when the wilderness hits me. I didn't know that was going to happen. Ah, we're just running in circles, running into walls, back and forth. Poof, poof, poof. You've got to be prepared so when the wilderness gets here, you don't freak out. Because you're going to want to freak out. But if you have some substance in you, if you have some little living water in you, if you have some, some bread that will, that's living bread inside of you, it's creepy, it's another Christian thing that's weird. If you have living water in you and you have the bread of life in you, living a body in God in you, then you're, you're ready to go. You're gonna make it through the wilderness. And it's my desire that none of you guys get tripped up in the wilderness because a lot of people do. A lot of people do. But I don't want that to happen to you. Let's bow our head in a word of prayer. Heads are bowed, your eyes are